This is Ryan Shelkett from Cross My Heart and Liars Academy, and you're listening to The New Scene. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The New Scene. I am your host, Keith, and we're back with a brand new episode. And on the show this week, we've got Dan Hodson, guitar player of the Callous Dow Boys. Now, the Callous Dow Boys are a math core band out of Atlanta, Georgia. They've been doing it since around 2016, 17, somewhere around there. They have made a big impact with their latest LP, Celebrity Therapist. And we talk about that. We talk about Dan joining the band. He joined the band in mid-2022 and has already made a big impact. We talk about the band's music videos, which are a real trip. We talk about what's coming up. We talk about everything. And you're going to love it. That's coming up shortly. But first, here's how you can support the new scene. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at NewScenePod. Subscribe to our YouTube channels. I've got a main channel with full shows. I've got a clips channel with highlights from some of our favorite episodes. And I've got a gaming channel, which I update periodically. Five-star reviews. Give us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you write a nice review on Apple Podcasts, I'll read it on the air. And don't forget, we have shirts. We have shirts available at Deathwish Inc., Search the new scene on Deathwish Inc. and you'll see our fine selection of t-shirts and the long sleeve, which is still available. It's cold out there. Get yourself a long sleeve shirt. Also, don't forget to support Iodine Recordings. Jerome's Dream is headlining ZBR Fest. That's taking place May 6th and 7th in Chicago. They're headlining the whole fest, and why not? They're a fantastic band. You're going to want to see that. Head over to ZBR Fest dot com for more info on that fest. And if you're not signed up for the iodine recordings email list, I highly recommend you do so. It's a great email list and you get updates first before everybody. And there is big news coming. I am not messing around with you. There's big news coming. So you're going to want to get on that list first so you can hear the news first. Head over to iodinerecords.com to sign up. You can also check out their Instagram at iodine recordings. And don't forget to support this month's sponsor, Bridge Nine Records. Check out their new record store at 282 Rantoul Street in Beverly, Massachusetts. It's open Wednesday through Sunday, starting at 11 a.m. They've got a fine selection of Bridge Nine releases. They've got a fine selection of non-Bridge Nine punk and hardcore releases. They've got their Silver Series pressings of some of the most classic Bridge Nine releases, and you can only get it at the record store. Stop in, say hello, check things out. For more information, head to bridgethenumber9.com or check out their Instagram at Bridge9. That's Bridge N-I-N-E. Okay, let's talk about some music recommendations. One Step Closer. Have you heard the new songs? Have you heard them? It's a three-song EP. It's called Songs for the Willow. It's amazing. I love it. I think these are the best songs they've written yet. 
My favorite track is Turn to Me. Wow. Wow. Unbelievably good. So make sure you listen to that. And you know, I've been on a bit of a post-rock kick lately. It's freezing out. I'm walking outside and there's crazy colors in the skies and cold weather. And you know, that's perfect post-rock music. And I haven't found any newer bands that have really done it for me lately, so I've been dipping back into my old playlists, and I've got two for you. Okay, the first one, the band is Old Solar, and the song is Summer Solstice, Dancing Days in the Garden Well Watered. That's the whole name of the song. And it's from the album Sea. Make sure you listen to that. And then another one, the band is Minor Movements. The song is Where You're Looking From. Always makes me think of New Year's Eve 2019 because it was the last song I added to my 2019 playlist, and that was a fun time. Great songs. Just classic, good, straightforward, post-rock. That's what I'm looking for. You know, I I have to comb through the Arctic Drones post-rock playlists. I did a little bit, but I I didn't find anything that hit. You know, I just want good, solid, classic post-rock like these two songs I've uh, I've given to you. Now, I know I said a lot there, but check out the New Scene 2023 playlist. Search it on Spotify. These songs, everything's on there. Our guests are on there. The recommendations are on there. And you can check out the music for yourself. Okay, so make sure you check back in with me. After the interview, I went and saw The Darling Fire and Silent Drive at St. Vitus this past weekend. That was really fun. I... Went and saw my family in Bucks County yesterday. We had a nice dinner. That was fun. We'll talk about all of that. I'll also be paying tribute to the late, great Ian Kerner. Ian was a friend of ours. He was in a band called Blue Skies Fade, who I saw a lot when I first started going to shows in Bucks County in the Northeast. He was an early guest on our show, and uh, sadly, tragically, he passed recently. So I will pay tribute to Ian as well. So make sure you check back in at the end of the show. Oh, and just a warning, in the beginning of this interview, you'll hear a buzzing in the mic that goes away after the first nine minutes. We didn't know it was happening. It gets taken care of. Hang in there. The interview is great. You want to hear the whole thing. So right now, we are going to speak to Dan Hodson of the Callous Dowboys. Enjoy. We are here now with Dan Hodson. Dan, 
Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, Dan. It's wonderful to have you here. You know, I've been seeing your band's name everywhere these days. It's a little nutty. Yeah, it's it's great though, right? This is like, this is the time. I mean, dude, we, we got number four on Kerrang's top 50 of albums of the year. I What? Yeah, no, that just dropped today. We're number four. We beat Slipknot, Ghost, Lamb of God, like... <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy that we um, even managed to do that, even managed to break into the top 20 or 10. It's wild. Well, yeah, we, I mean, that's happening. We've got a great album that came out this year, Celebrity Therapist. Thank you. I mean, the band is blowing up. We're going to cover all of that, Dan. But first, let me ask you, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm home in Florida with my girlfriend. She came out from Colorado. I'm with my mom and my dad and my grandparents live next door. My brother gets in soon with his fiance. I am just ready to relax for a little bit before um, arguably like the busiest year of my life uh, starts in February. What's going on? Big tours and stuff? Big tour. We announced a tour with um, Destroy, Rebuild, Until God shows and uh, with and with uh, Varials. Uh, that runs from late January to early March. And then we announced something right after that, but I can't say what it is just yet. Um, but, uh, there's, there's a lot of things in motion. We're over in Europe a lot next year, just a very busy year. And I think, I think we might hit uh studio time next year. We will see. I know, we're, I know, I know we just, you know, put out LP two, but also uh, Dow boys has been sitting on LP two for however many years. So I think, I think, I think recording got finished for that in uh, 2020. I believe I was in the, I was, I was, I remember helping out with the guitars in the studio for that. And, um, I was always like, when do we get to release this? When do we get to release this? And, uh, thankfully I, I was in the band by the time the, that it got put out. And it's just kind of cool to see something that I've been listening to for a year prior, finally get exposed. And like, um, everyone gets to see, uh, what, what's just been sitting in the oven for however long, like as unbiased as, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty unbiased because I'm only on a couple parts on the album. Otherwise, like that was mostly everyone in the band. Um, I, I do a couple chugs and time loops and that's about it. Uh, but it's, it's really, I thought it was a perfect record from when I first heard it. I still stand by that. And I can say that pretty unbiased because I'm not really on the record and I didn't write any of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as an outsider, I can say it too, because I've listened to this record and it's just the arrangements blow my mind. The amount of uh, different things going on blow my mind because, you know, I'll hear a song and I'll be like, okay, I know where this is going. No, and then it's like, boom, <laughs> left turn. And I'm like, holy shit. Wow, I wasn't expecting that. And it's just, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I remember the first time hearing Violent Astrology. Um, the, I think that, that, that that's the, you know, that's the first uh, track on the, uh, on the album, it's the opener. And uh, just being like blown away at like, how ferocious it was right out the gate and then right after that you're into i think right after that is um man i don't even know the order of my own album isn't that insane? isn't that awesome <laughs> then right after that is is a uh, time loops and you don't expect like anything to happen you don't you don't know what to expect at any point during it i remember my jaw hitting the floor when i heard the line of um when i see an american flag i don't feel a fucking thing even if it's half masked I paused, yeah. I paused it and I looked at them like, are you allowed to do that? Like, are you straight up allowed to do that? And they're like, yeah, it's fine. Then we just kept pressing and then we pressed play again and I was just assaulted. It's, it's a, it's a bombastic release. It's funny that you mentioned that lyric. I heard that today and I was <laughs> like, I, 
you know, I usually don't really pay attention to lyrics. They don't jump out to me uh, all the time, mm-hmm. I should say. But I heard that, and then I like turned my head, and I was like, "Ooh, right, yes. spicy!" That grabbed me. I like that. It's a it's a great opener. It lets you know that we're. It's like kind of tongue in cheek, um, but also like there's a bunch of sections on that album that just do not fuck around. Yeah. So you said you helped out with guitars in mm-hmm. the studio where you you were not in the band full time at this point i wasn't in the band period i was just uh, technically the guitar tech um i remember it was like mid or early 2020 i made a little uh tweet at the dow boys twitter i'm like hey let me be your guitar tech when you go on tour again and i think um you know maddie and uh carson have both have access to the twitter and i think maddie just liked it and was just kind of okay whatever guy that we don't know then Carson being always very excited at the prospect of cool things happening and bringing cool people onto the team in any way, uh, DM'd me and was like, we do actually want to be our guitar tech. And I said, well, I don't not want to be. And I took an idea that I had for a while of, they, they released the variant of, of Dion Mars. That was uh, like the tricks yogurt color. Uh, it was a pink and like a bright blue. And I was like, I think it'd be cool to paint a guitar like that. And Carson was like, I'll give you my guitar. Can you paint it? in crazy colors and i said yeah sure took me about a month and i was working full-time also and um i had a little shop that i worked out of in um in georgia that i went over to every night after work and just toiled away on painting that guitar and we call it the the bisexual eddie van halen guitar it's got like (laughs) blue like these metallic blue stripes across it uh hot pink accents it it looks it looks killer and uh that's kind of how i snaked my way into being uh, friends with the Dow boys. And eventually I, I moved in with one of them when I was in between uh, when I moved out of my old house and I moved into an apartment with three other people. And I just slept on the couch for months until I was like, Hey, we should get a house. This sucks. And now then that's, and now we have a Dow boys HQ. All of us, except for like two live together. But yeah, uh, on the topic of like when I was um, like pseudo in the band, I was in the studio helping out with, um, I was restringing guitars and getting them set up to be in whatever tunings were required. So their songs in drop D, drop C, and um, Violent Astrology and Star Baby are in a weird standard tuning. We kind of rip um, Norma Jean's tuning, where the top two strings are a minor second away, so you always have an automatic panic chord just by using one finger. So I was in there just like from the morning till the session ended at night, uh, restringing guitars, setting them up, making sure everything plays good while everyone else tracked everything. And there was one point like during a, a chug breakdown in time loops, it's just, it's just open. And I was like, that's really cool. Can I do a take? And they're like, yeah, sure. They just handed me a guitar and I could do dun, 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 dun. I was like, that's cool. I'm on that album now. <laughs> that's like oh, my only contribution to um, sounding on that record or to like being on that album besides just restringing guitars. I like uh, the initiative on your part, Dan, like reaching out and then, getting yourself onto a little part on the album, you know, it just shows you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's right. And I, I, I really um, kind of threw myself into wanting to be a part of it. I mean, Dowboys has been my favorite band since 2018. I'm just going to sound like a fan at this point, but they put out um, the great rocket robbery. Uh, there's more words in that title, but they put out rocket robbery in 2018. I fell in love with that single. Cause I was really into Dillinger and I ended up recording with Corey Batista for a jam band and Corey and I just started chatting about Dow boys. I'm like, that man, that band's so fucking cool, dude. And he's like, yeah, they just recorded a new album. Do you want to hear it? I'm like, Oh yeah. 
So we sat there and listened to Die on Mars like a, like six months before it came out or something like that. And I was like, after it finished, I was like, holy shit. He's like, yeah, do you want it? And Corey leaked, he leaked just some, some dude, some random <laughs> bass player. He just leaked the album to me. And I was like, sick. So I was just like listening to it for like months. And I remember listening to a, listening to it with a friend in the car. I think we were listening to Barnstormer or something when it got to the steak tartar bit. And I paused it. And I'm like, I'm going to be best friends with this band someday. And lo and behold, now I'm in the band. And uh, that statement is still true. I'm, I'm best friends with everyone in that band. And it's, it's the life many would strive for. And I just, I, I saw the way of getting there and I did. I'm, I'm very happy and very, very grateful to be where I am. I don't want to sound like a pompous dickhead. It's just, it's like, it's cool that it's happening. You know what I mean? No, they, like you don't sound pompous at all. You just sound like you were a big fan of the band. And now you have this very rare opportunity to be in the band and work with them. That Those are great stories because, I mean, how often does that happen? Like, never. Not very often at all, no. There's just yeah. some, some dude that was good at guitar and listened to those songs enough and watched them play and practice enough that I'm like, I could, I can play some of those riffs. And when they removed their other guitarist, when they had to replace him, um, they're like, Maddie was, well, obviously it's Dan. It's funny, uh, Carson was like, well, I'm just afraid Dan's going to like steamroll everything. I, <laughs> I don't want to say that was untrue, but I always, I always find it very sweet when uh, Carson will mention to either me or to someone else that I quote unquote saved the band. But I, I really just, um, I, I believe really hard in the, the vision. Uh, I'm very happy that I get to be uh, in such a wonderful creative space with Carson uh, and the rest of the band and being able to like put things together that I could only dream of when I was playing in shitty jam bands when I first moved to Georgia. So it, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> the, the, the simplest way of putting it is that it's awesome. And I, I'm, 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 I'm just waiting for, you know, I'm aiming for the moon with Dow boys. I can't wait for the, the next year and the years to come after that. Amazing. So you moved to Georgia, you moved to Georgia from Florida. Yeah. I'm originally from Southwest Florida uh, about like two hours south of Fort Myers, or an hour south of Fort Myers, uh, in a little town called Marco Island, five by five mile island. Not a lot going on down here. Not a lot of anything going on down here. If I wanted to join a band, I'd be in a shitty reggae band with a bunch of Republican frat dudes. That's not really <laughs> something I want to do. Um, I don't really want to jam on the same chord for thirty minutes per song, um, which I ended up doing in Georgia anyway. But yeah, not a lot of not a huge music scene going on down here, and on the Southwest uh, side anyway, shouts out tracheotomy in the Southeast. But um, yeah, so I moved to Georgia 2016 uh, to go to Luthery school, which is, you know, building guitars and learning how they work inside and out. And that gave me the skill set to have a job for really whenever I want to, I do guitar tech work for Seder. They're also from Atlanta. I do tech work for them every so often or uh, random friends of mine around there. Um, this band, great wide, nothing. I do their guitar tech work. They're a prog band. It, it gives me like a nice like little, it's a fun skill set. Plus then we don't need to bring a guy on tour for that in the future. I can just do everything myself. So if something goes wrong, I can fix it. We don't have to, we're not sitting like, oh fuck, my my output jack fell off or shit, I broke a tuner. Or, you know, nothing like that will ever happen to us because I know how to fix it. And then I went to music school after that because that, that was only a six month program or so, but it was every day of the week for six months. Then I went to music school, uh, Atlanta Institute of Music, which is kind of how I know Corey, because Corey also went there. He's the guy who produced uh, Diary Mars and Celebrity Therapist. And I went there for bass, uh, for bass performance 
I, I graduated 2017 from that as a year long program and um, just played in corporate bands and cover bands for years after that. Some original stuff, but it was never like very exciting or rewarding. The The closest thing I had to something cool was a, like an indie rock band that I played in for a while. Uh, and that just kind of fell apart because two of the dudes in it were in high school and they both fucked off to college when they, you know, when they graduated. Um, but then, yeah, I just kind of didn't do anything for a while. A year, almost a year ago, I was playing a weekend. I was doing a weekender with a wedding band. And at the end of it, the the head guy, it's funny, his name is Guy, um, but the head dude of that uh, fired me because he's like, yeah, you just don't have the right feel for it, man. It's just like, it seems like you really want to just play like rock music. Like you got a good rock, you know, got a good like feel for rock music. So maybe you should go do that for like a couple of years. And then like, you know, maybe, maybe you come back to doing wedding stuff after that. I'm like, cool, man. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> I did that. And it worked out a lot better than playing in fucking wedding bands for <laughs> shit. The pay was really good, but, <laughs> but it, it's a lot more fun uh, playing music that, is original and people scream the words at you rather than playing a song that was written in the sixties. It seems <sighs> odd that uh, a wedding band would have such integrity that they couldn't handle, I don't know, a touch of, to- a touch of rock. It, I mean, well, like what- it was more just like, um, they also threw a bunch of tunes at me that were not on the set list that was sent to me the week prior. Um, uh. I, I won't, I won't blame them for that. That's, that's pretty standard in that, in that, um, in that realm. You get a song that week or you get a song at the gig and can you play it? Um, it's all, it's a completely different skill set, but, um, they were just looking for a different level of, um, I, I'll, I'll call it professionalism. They're just looking for okay. a different, different, uh, different vibe and that's fine. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, they, they, you do play rock tunes in wedding bands, but it's a lot of Motowns, a lot of eighties, a lot of R and B. Um, it's all top 40 shit, you know, and yeah. that's like fun and it can pay the bills, but it, you know, shit like Dowboys is at the point now where we're paying our bills with playing fucking math core, dude. Like I'd much rather do that than play Michael Jackson song, which are fun to play, but it's only so rewarding that you can play someone else's music. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I've never been in a cover band, but I just couldn't, Don't. I wouldn't be able to play tunes that like weren't mine. I need that. Uh. I need that originality. I need to be like... You want a connection to it. Yeah, for better or worse, whether people love it or hate it, it has to be mine, you know? Exactly. Like, if I was in a cover band, it would have to be a novelty thing. Like, I always fantasize about doing a cover band where we play uh, Nintendo soundtrack songs. That's awesome. You're just going to start a cybergrind band that's Nintendo music? Yeah, like, you know, (laughs) I'm going to start out with shitty games until we get good. And then once we get really good, I'll do like Mega Man 3 soundtrack uh journey to Cilia soundtrack like all that's that so stuff. hard that's such a good yeah. idea you should do that that is my fantasy uh i'm i'm putting it out in the world to to will it into existence but listen do it keith enough about me as you're doing all of this stuff in georgia to find your place in music like what is what are you into musically what is it that you're looking for at, at the time i didn't really know what i wanted um, because i thought like the only thing out there was playing wedding band music um and getting a paycheck uh, or you know, playing fucking dive bar gigs and maybe getting twenty bucks to the band. Yeah, like did you know about Mathcore and like De- all this oh, other crazy? Oh, at stuff? the time, definitely. I got into Dillinger way too late. Like I started listening to them in high school, but I only knew I only like cared for a couple tracks. And yeah. 
then when I closer to when they broke up, it was around when dissociation came out, I was really into Dillinger and then, then, you know, they, they broke up. But like at that time when I heard Dillinger, I'm like, holy shit. Like when I like really was like diving into Dillinger, I'm like, Oh my God, like how does a band sound like this? Like, to me, Dillinger was like the craziest thing I ever heard at the time. And now after being friends with the Dow boys for however long, um, I am not saying Dow boys is the craziest shit you will ever hear, but like the stuff that the other people in this band will show me on a regular basis. I'm like, where the fuck do you people find this music? Like, <laughs> where, is this just out there? And then, and now, you know, I'm into like a bunch of like wild stuff out there. Like I love cyber grind. Um, some of my favorite sounds ever are like cyber grind artists read like totally like merging uh, drum and bass stuff with metal core. Like that's the coolest shit. Um, like my, my buddy in uh, zombie shark, uh, Corey does like an incredible job of mixing just raw metal core with like insane, uh, drum and bass stuff and like break beat all that shit like that, that, that just tickles my brain the right way from like, I think like being an internet kid, like a new grounds kid when I was little. And, um, but like at the time I, I just wanted to play something that was super cathartic. That was the biggest appeal for Dillinger for me is that they would have all these moments where it's, you know, it's super chaotic, but it's obviously it's like building up to something like it's not just it's not just chaos the entire time. It's it always builds up to like a huge climax. Like I think the biggest my favorite example of that is um from them specifically would be like Farewell Mona Lisa. There's a there's a like a part like in the bridge where um uh, Greg's like, don't you ever be more than you were like worth fighting for. And then he like screams it. It sounds like he layered it like fucking 12 times. And it's like the scariest moment I've ever heard on a metal track. Like still it, the first time I heard it, it gave me huge chills. I'm like, Oh, this is like, this is what I want. Something like something I create to sound like. And like from that moment, from hearing feral Mona Lisa for the first time, I was like, this is, this is what, this is like my calling. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how to write stuff like this. I don't know how to approach this, but I'm like, this is my calling. This is the kind of stuff I need to create at some point. And then not long after that rocket robbery comes out and I'm like, Oh shit, there's other bands that sound like this. I, 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 I kid you not. I probably didn't hear any other math core or metal core bands that sound like Dillinger until, um, Dowboys popped up on my, uh, Twitter and Instagram feed. And then, um, that was it. I was like, Oh shit. I need to be in that band. I needed to be in that band like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, you have this connection to Dillinger's Escape Plan as well. They're they're one of the main bands responsible for getting me into this greater music scene. I uh, I went to my first non-local hardcore show in '98. Everyone's like Dillinger's playing, Dillinger's playing, and I'm like, I have no idea who they are, what to expect, anything. Uh, Under the Running Board, the three song EP just came out. Yep, and. It was the scariest thing to this day. I've <laughs> it's terrifying. I've, Some of that shit is, I've is ever seen. scary. Yeah, and I had never been to a real. I had never been to like a non-local hardcore show in someone's house. So this was my first experience. Guitars are flying over my head. There's two guys dressed as clowns beating the shit out of everybody in the crowd. There's blood all over the floor. Someone drew a pentagram in the blood. And I was hooked from that day forward. They were my favorite band for years after that. That's incredible. I mean, the closest thing I had played to house shows before that was um, playing uh, fraternity houses. We would yeah. we would play on a stage out front and there would just be a bunch of drunk people the entire time. And we would play a three hour cover set. And for whatever reason, frat kids loved it for, for whatever reason, frat kids love that shit. Um, <laughs> but that's like the closest I ever did to a house show. And I like, 
other than playing the music, I didn't want to be there. You know, that's, that's not my, that's not my thing. That's not my crowd. That's not my, that's not my people. They weren't right. I didn't go to college. I didn't go to traditional college or anything like that. I went to a fucking music school. Like it, it was just never something that, um, I went to Orlando like one time freshly out of high school to like hang out with like my old buddies and just seeing everyone get like shit face and destroyed at like some random club. I'm just like, okay, didn't we do this in high school? Like what's the point of being here? <laughs> like what, it, what, what's next? Like you do this at a different club or you do this at the frat house or the, like what, what's the point? And so then I just started playing those gigs. I'm like, okay, like this, I, I kind of get it. But still, like after the show was over, I pack up my shit and I leave. I get my paycheck and I go. And there was um, there was never a connection to anything I was doing. So like, like you said, like once you once you like saw it and you got to feel like the um, like the actual visceral energy that that kind of music puts out, it's it's addicting and it's all you really ever want to care about. And then I start hearing about bands like The Chariot and um, Norma Jean, The Chariot especially with like the uh, following they had in Georgia, like with um. There's there's a video of them playing in a warehouse and some some of the comments on there are like I was at the back during this and some kid ran out in the middle of it with his head just gushing blood gets it checked out gets it kind of patched up and just runs back in and I'm <laughs> like that's awesome that's the coolest shit I've ever heard like I want to write music that makes people feel that way I remember seeing my first Gojira concert by myself I was like a month into living in Georgia by myself I went to Gojira and I was like, whoa, this is like, this is it. Like, this is the, that this is what I want to put out. Like, this is moving. This is actually making people like move. Like, this isn't just like head bobbing your head or whatever and keeping your arms. I was like, yeah, this is catchy, man. This is like, I need to do literally anything else, but stand still. <laughs> and that's also why hardcore dancing is fucking awesome because like, Kids can't just like, you know, mosh or push, but they're like, I need to swing my arms and do karate. Nothing else is sufficient. That's that's cool to me. Like everyone gets so mad about uh, hardcore dancing and crowd killing. It's like, dog, do you hear what's being put through those speakers right now? You're telling me you want to stand still? You're insane. Like enjoy it how you want, but damn. Like I still I like uh I like crowd killing when I'm watching it and like the karate moves and all that stuff because it's just it's the only appropriate release I can think of to music that makes me feel that way. Just absolutely losing your mind. I just uh-huh. don't like it when I'm the one getting hit. That's all. Oh, dude! When we when we played um we played a show in Texas on our way back from uh touring with Avatar last July, and we played with uh, Amnesia Garden, Karama, and From Joy, and I'm missing like one other band on there, but um Carson and I got like folded over a over a table. We were like standing at the corner just watching From Joy, and this yeah. dude, I think it, I, I this dude had I had to have been like two fifty minimum staged like dove off the stage directly into us and we got fucking folded backwards over a table and oh. i'm like oh my god and then later <laughs> he's like spitting in the pit and just clocks me in the back of the head it was so awesome like that stuff like that is so cool man like that it, it sucks getting hit but at the same time you're like you know what you're into you know what you're getting yourself into being that far forward at a at a hardcore show yeah uh, I, yeah i don't know if i if i if i like missed missed where what i was trying to answer but uh i mean yeah when i first got to georgia like and like started playing music live it was all boring and it was kind of like i was like forcing myself to enjoy it and forcing myself to be into what i was playing i played in a jam band for way too long and the music was just kind of subpar and okay 
and we did like one little mini tour and I'm just like, why do I, I, I don't care about this. Why am I still playing this? If I don't care about it, I, I quit. I don't, I don't want to do it anymore. If it brings like nothing to me, I'm just like, I don't care about this. I've done that. I, unfortunately, I've done that with like every job ever. Like the, the second I get like annoyed about something and I'm like, I, I don't like this anymore. I quit. Cause if it, if it's not serving me, like that's, that's sort of like bum and like, uh, unemployed be, like talk. But if, if I don't care about it, I will not participate. And I could have got another wedding band gig. Why? But fuck that. I, I went on a tour with a hardcore band like a month after that. I'm like, this is what I want to do. I don't care if I'm going to bed at 4 a.m. and waking up at nine every day or waking up at seven every day to keep driving. This is what I want to do. Like, I don't, I'll, I'll suffer. I'll suffer like, like physically as long as I get to play a 30 minute set every night and make people, you know, act a fool. It's worth it. Exactly. I mean, I like uh, the drive. You, you made a lot of moves to just keep pursuing what you want to do. You're playing in bands that you don't necessarily want to play in. You went to guitar school and learned that whole angle of it. You can repair guitars. And, and I mean, you, you can do it all. So it's like you're constantly moving in the direction of making this a reality. I respect the drive. Yeah. And I remember being at that school and... um one thing that always kind of stuck with me about what what uh what one of my uh, instructors said, which I still like, still hit him up if I ever need help with anything or like I have a question or need to do something crazy to a guitar. Um, but I remember one of the t- instructors saying something along the lines of like, "Well, this is a good skill set to have because what if you don't end up being the rock star?" I'm like, "Fuck that! <laughs> I want to be the <laughs> rock star. Why can't I be both? Why why am I allowed? Why am I only uh, permitted to be one or the other? Like, why do I have to be the lackey or the stagehand?" Why can't I know how my instrument works and also be the rock star? Yeah. Well, I guess the idea is uh, you're a rock star until you hit about 40 and then maybe you get tired of touring and you can do the other stuff. Look, if the guys in Meshuggah can keep touring and the guys in Rush, or sorry, well, they were still touring. If the guys in Metallica can keep touring, I think I'll be okay for a while. I mean, shit, Dillinger were pushing 40 when they retired, but they're still playing shows, albeit not as like, not as like, um, energetic for the simplest of terms and not as energetic as they used to um greg's new project kicks ass like but ben's playing with fucking suicidal tendencies he's not throwing his back out anymore on stage he's playing punk rock and he still go do you see those uh suicidal videos with him he still goes off does he really i haven't seen a single video from um from his like new thing with suicidal tendency i just see photos every so often i didn't know he was still being a madman over there I don't think he's like almost taking people's heads off with the guitar anymore, but he's still doing the Ben Dillinger, like wave the guitar around, jump around thing. Oh, that's cool. That rocks. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's doing it. Okay. So we're settled in Georgia now. We're in Callous Dow Boys now, right? It, you mm-hmm. probably didn't have much trouble learning all the songs and getting antiquated because you're in the studio and, well, it sounds like you're a professional. Yeah. I, I was in the studio seeing how everything was played already and just kind of like, watching um when we were in the studio carson um i was it was mainly just me carson and Corey. and every so often the other members would come in and track their parts um uh, carson did a a, as far as i'm aware a big majority of the writing on on celebrity therapist and carson is as good of a a guitar player if not like sometimes a little better than i am and i I like that dynamic a lot because i have someone who will like present a riff to me and is like hey can you play this i'm like 
give me like 10 minutes and probably like, sure. And then I do the same to them. And they're like, how the fuck are you playing? I'm like, I don't know. Just fucking watch what I'm doing. And then you do it. And that, that writing process is really fun. But um, yeah, when we were in the studio, uh, Carson was tracking a lot of the guitars on it. And I would just watch, you know, I, I had no context of where these parts were going, but I'm like, that's a cool riff. And I would play it. And Carson's like, stop that. Just stop, stop learning our songs. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like, how are you? Why are you doing that? And, um, but I would just, I just literally no context. Like they would just be, they would record by the tuning, right? So all the drop D songs got, uh, uh, recorded and then all the drop C songs and all those like weird E flat, uh, Norma Jean tuning songs got recorded kind of in a row, but sometimes also like very disjointed. So like they would record a part for say time loops and then they would go and record a part for dude missile. Not soon after that. So to me, it's all just blurring together. I'm like, I don't know where any of these parts are going. These chords make no sense to me. Uh, there's no context whatsoever. Cause I didn't, they, you know, there weren't any vocals on them at the time. So I'm just like, I don't know what's happening, but that's a cool riff. I'm gonna learn it. And that's, that's how I got a kind of a head start with learning everything. And then there were, you know, of course, like questions I had later is like, Hey, how, is this, is, am I playing this right? And I would either ask uh, Maddie um, or Carson to clarify. So when do you get word that they want you in the band. Can, uh, can we talk about uh, what happened with the other guitar player? Or do we not want to talk about that? We can. I mean, he just he just wasn't a good fit anymore. Um, okay. that, I think that we can just leave it at that. It just wasn't a good fit anymore. Um, gotcha. So when do you get word? Uh, so around the time that they were, um, you know, figuring out how to go about that. Because, you know, I, 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 I've been in bands where you have to, like, navigate uh, replacing a member. It's never fun. It's never, a, yeah. it's never like easy to do, but no, around the time that they were, you know, having those talks, I got a call from Carson and the tour bus was parked out front and Carson was like, Hey, are you alone? I'm like, no, I'm inside. And Carson's like, can you go somewhere where you are alone? Like, yeah, sure. So I walked outside, got inside the tour bus and I'm just standing there. I'm like, okay, what's up? And Carson goes, Hey, do you have guitar pro? And I said, yes, guitar pro. Um, For anyone listening that doesn't know guitar pro is like a, a tablature program. So you can tab out songs and learn them and share them with people so they can learn them too. Carson's like, do you have guitar pro? And I said, yes. And Carson goes, okay, cool. Uh, do you want to play guitar for our band? Um, and I was like, yeah, yep. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Yep. I'll do, I'll do whatever you need me to. And Carson's like, cool. Uh, text me your email. I'm sending you some songs and you should learn them. And yeah, I played my first show with Dow boys, uh, April 20th with, we opened for Bill Murray. Uh, was that April 20th? Yeah, uh, April April twentieth or something like that it was fucking middle of, of this the week. year. Yeah, of this year, I was asked to join the band um, like March, I think, or maybe like late February. Uh, that was my first show with Dow Boys. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I wish I had a photo of it of that of that time, but it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of like really quickly grinding stuff out and hashing things out. Uh, I got a um, Maddie and I both run Kempers, which are guitar modeling. Um, boards i got a kemper the day before the gig and i stayed up for five extra hours like um i was up to like 4 a.m making tones and like figuring out how the fucking thing works and then the next day we played a gig with it and it, it ripped it was a lot of fun it was a total blast we played a uh, we played a uh, uh we played at new brooklyn tavern cramp stage awesome so fun amazing yeah that must have been a i've heard this story before but not often but to join one of your favorite bands and be performing with them 
this is something that most people only dream of. Oh, it's like the Jason Newstead story, except like the rest of my band isn't like hazing me and like being total dicks all the time. I mean, and turning your guitar all the way down on the recording. Yeah. <laughs> Not, unfortunately, that hasn't happened. And I don't think it will because I'm really good at guitar. They'd be stupid to do that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like it's just straight up the Jason Newstead thing. Like I got brought into my favorite band and uh, very quickly became a, um, as humbly as I can say this, I became a, a big deal for the band Uh, very quickly. I started getting in touch with our manager and being like, Hey, like what needs to get done? Like what, what extra stuff can we do to like be better? Da da da. And we, every so often he just hits me up like, and he's like, Hey, this is the stuff that needs to get done. Can, can this happen? Like, you know, I, I handle a lot of just like the, the very generic, like social media postings, like tour announcements or, you know, stuff, something with um, our record label Monarch heavy, um, just like, you know, kind of boring stuff, but like stuff that needs to get done. And I just try to eliminate everyone's uh, stress. That's like, that's kind of how I see my job. I'm the stress reliever. I, I, I get things done that you wouldn't really notice, but you would notice if it doesn't get done. I love that. I need someone like you for this podcast. They can edit and take care of the social media and do the research and schedule the guests and I'll just show up and uh, talk to people. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing is you have to start paying people. That's the only yeah. thing. Dowboys yeah. doesn't really pay me, but I'm I'm kidding. But uh, I, I just you, I just took it upon myself to you know be helpful, and it and it paid off in spades. I I also do I do graphic design, special effects work on the side. Um, so like like any of the um like the playthrough videos, like the one I did recently did with Jackie for Star Baby, um, the one Maddie and I did for Elephant Man. I shot and edited most of that stuff in like two hours, and then it was ready to go. Is there anything uh you don't do? I mean, you have a lot of skills playing guitar, building guitars, graphic design, uh, special effects. I can play violin and bagpipes. Um, I'm a horrible dancer, though. That, that's about <laughs> it. I can't dance. Maybe I'll learn that someday and just win at everything. But um, yeah, uh, it helps a lot with uh, content creation and being like aware of um, what of how to like work the algorithms on each respective social media platform. Like Instagram loves it if you just post reels constantly because they're trying to kill tiktok and tiktok loves it if you post tiktoks constantly because they still want to be tiktok um still learning how to work that one but um mostly everything that i do can just be cross platform posted um i'm i'm pretty good at getting everything out when i needed to get out but yeah there's not a lot i don't do uh it's 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 cool being like a master of all trades yeah i i learned all that stuff for this podcast, you know, like uh, once pandemic hit, I took it weekly and then I figured out every social media. Eventually I got on TikTok. Eventually I figured out Instagram reels were the thing, YouTube on a schedule, all that, all that stuff. I like doing all that stuff when I'm not in a bad mood. When I'm in a bad mood, I hate it and I don't want to do it anymore. Feel that, man. Totally understand that. I got so much shit lined up when I get back home in Georgia and I don't want to do any of it. So you said you stream on Twitch too. Now I love this. Yeah, um, I start a little while ago. I was just like, uh, I put up a tweet that was like, "Hey, does, does would anybody care if, to watch us play video games, specifically like Paper Mario or something like that?" And um, it got a pretty good response from our fans, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll we'll do whatever. We'll watch you play video games." I'm like, "Okay, cool." So while we were on tour, I started like looking into like what stuff you can do on Twitch. You can do anything on Twitch. It is very cool. You could you could host makeup tutorials on twitch you can stream playing guitar on twitch you can do anything on there 
So um, while we we had it, we created a Discord while we were out you know, on tour in the summer. And I was asking some people in there, I'm like, hey, what's like some stuff that I shouldn't do on Twitch? What's like some stuff that's like boring? And I got a lot of feedback from that. And when we got home from that tour, I started putting it all together and we just started streaming. It's not like we have like hundreds of people watching. It's a, it's a bunch of 20 somethings playing fucking video games. Like it's not super exciting, but it's just us hanging out with people for a little bit. And shit, now we have, um we have an, we're affiliates on Twitch and we can, um, Ooh. We make a little bit of money on it, and that's kind of cool. And while while people hang out and be be ridiculous, we get to hang out and be ridiculous. I get to show people how some of our songs are played. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. We get to do literally whatever we want. I did a stream when we were on tour in October where I followed our drummer, our old drummer Sam, around for thirty minutes. <laughs> Just, and I told him like, "Hey, when I do this, when I do this stream, you cannot acknowledge me at all." So it's just like Sam just existing and being weird for like 30 minutes. I love that. You can do anything you want. Chat was like blowing up. Like, can we control him? Like Sam sit. And like, it was, it was, it was just, it was just goofy. Um, So like you can literally do anything on there. I have the, the little, the little app to stream right to Twitch on my phone. I can set up the scene however I want. It's it's really convenient. It's really cool. Twitch is a, a lot of fun. I, I like people and going out and all that stuff, but in small doses. Like I like to go out for a couple hours at a time and then come back home. And when I'm home, I have Twitch on 24-7 because it's it's just fun. You know, you mess around and chat. People are doing their thing. I watch people play video games. It's I like it a lot. Yeah, people, whenever we're streaming on Twitch, people are like, this is like the best little like background thing for me. Like they'll just put it on like in a, in a random tab and just kind of like check in on it every so often. It's nothing like too serious. It's just it's casual. We're not doing anything like super important. You know, like we have, yeah. um, we do a couple of announcements here and there. Like we did a raffle for a uh, drum head that we signed on our, uh, little October headliner. And we did a little stream for that. Carson was playing a video game for a little bit. And then like an hour or two into it, we're like, all right, time to do the raffle. And we did a little spin the wheel and we chose the person that won the, uh, won the drum head. Like you can do whatever you want on there. It's awesome. And I got like I really got that shit figured out too. Like it, it's I'm I'm again trying to stay humble, but I'm very proud of myself for it. Of all like, all like the little things that Dow Boys gets to do, just just to have fun. But at the same time, it's revenue and it's cool. Figuring out Twitch was one of the proudest things I've done. Even though I don't stream a ton, just whenever I feel like it. But mm-hmm. researching it and getting the computers and connecting the computers and and all that stuff, it was Dude, a, it's it was such a, a major big rabbit hole. There's like Dude. still stuff I have not figured out, and I'm like, I don't care. There's too it's much. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, I have a I have a two desktop setup now, and I've connected the two desktops, and that's what I we just got. To f- it's awesome. Yeah, I got to figure out how to run the audio from one to the other for gaming, but uh, I'll figure that out later. Yeah, we got we got like external speakers for it and everything. We got a it's it's like our our computer setup kind of doubles as our like little demo studio room, so we get to do like everything out of one room now. Uh, Maddie and I like uh, redid this whole room in our house that was just like collecting junk and bullshit, and we turned it into a little studio room. And it's really cozy in there. You ever play any Warzone on stream? Uh, I want to say. No, I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of like Command and Conquer. No, we haven't yet. People keep wanting us to play Fortnite. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Warzone guy. I stream 95% Warzone. Well, Warzone 2 now, but uh, I'm going to be doing some Doom Eternal later this week, so that'll be exciting. Sick. Awesome. I play a lot of Ultra Kill. I love Ultra Kill. I love playing Ultra Kill. 
I never heard of that, but you should play it. If you like Doom, you'll like it. Oh, good. Okay. It's awesome. I got to check out your channel. I'm going to do that. Yeah, it's just twitch.tv slash the Callous Cowboys. And when you once you open it up, it immediately plays this like promo video someone shot for us in Atlanta. Our our buddy Grant, uh, who did um, who did like the last three music videos and maybe even the ones before that. I'm not sure, but um, Grant Butler did this like little promo thing when we played in Atlanta back in September. And I have that uh, running the second you open up our Twitch page. I think it's really cool. Nice. All of a sudden, it's just all of a sudden you just get I want my murder podcast, and it just it just it's it's cool. It's sick. <laughs> Now, see, now I'm thinking like, oh, you can run a video when someone comes yeah. to your page. I have to sure do that can. somehow. You sure can. Like, you got, we got like a little banner in the background of the artwork. Um, that I had Jackie like make it all purple and everything. It looks, it's, it's very well put together. If I say, if I do say so myself. What's the live arrangement for a Dow Boys show? Because there's a lot of different elements on record. Uh, I watched the videos and there's, you know, violin players and choral arrangements and all this stuff. What's the live setup? The live setup is okay. So the live setup is like, uh, we are going to be touring mostly as a six piece in the new year. Uh, so the six piece lineup, like the lineup wise for the setup is going to be, um, two guitars, bass, drums, lead vocal, violin. Three of us do vocals. I do some shouts here and there. Jackie does some, uh, screams here and there. Uh, we might give one to Marty. Marty likes having a microphone cause he's, uh, he's awesome. But, um, Carson, Amber, and I, Amber's violin, Carson, Amber, and I will be running a keyboard slash sample setup. Um, this last little run we did, we tried the uh, six piece out just to see how it went. And um, it, went, it went surprisingly well. Uh, Carson and Amber, well, mainly Carson is running all the samples. And there's parts where, um, like in the song title track, Amber plays a lot of key parts in that, or synth lines and everything, when she's not playing violin. So... Yeah, it's like a little sample board slash keyboard. Just depends on what uh, setting you're or a patch you're on, and it'll run different noises. And so, like for our February run with drugs, uh, I will be playing some piano parts. Like at the end of Star Baby, I'll be doing um, I'll be doing the piano for Star Baby, and I'm learning the saxophone solo on synth for the shows that we're not playing with Rich because um, he's only I think he's only going to be able to do like some of the New York shows because he stays up in Long Island. But yeah, usually the setup's pretty standard. It's just we have a keyboard up there that we swap duties on, if that answers your question. No, it absolutely does. Yeah, because cool. uh, there's just so much cool stuff going on. I'm like in trying to envision what uh, mm-hmm. what it would be like live. But now I have a clear picture of that. How How does a song come together? Because there's, again, there's a lot of great elements to every song I've heard on the, the new record and everything else. Like, how does it come together? Where does it start? Okay, so um, I can't really speak uh, for like how previously songs came together. Um, yeah. Carson is a is a very strong songwriter, and I get to see that in person a lot. And they, whenever you're writing with Carson, they bring out something different in you. If they, if you are sitting with them writing, I know Carson does a lot of writing with um, other friends of ours in the industry um, or like in our in our general area. So, right, what I can speak on is my experience with writing is Carson will have Carson has ideas constantly and will come to one of us with the idea and be like, Hey, this is what I want this to sound like. Here's what I have so far. Do you want to sit with this for a couple hours and see what can happen? And for instance, we've been riffing on this one song for a while that will Carson. I will literally sit there for a few hours and Carson will like maybe make a drum pattern in, in, um, in logic 
And then we'll see if we can either write a riff around it or a chug pattern, or if one of us just has a chord melody or a chord medley or something like that, Carson will be like, Hey, I want like something that sounds like this. And then I'll play a chord and Carson's like, okay, I like that, but make it like way more sad. And I'll change some core, like some uh, qualities around in it. And um, it's, it's, it's a very like kind of like flow of consciousness uh, writing style. And when Carson's writing with me, I have a tendency of just being like, okay, but what if this, and what if this happened like immediately after that, but what if it just sounded like this and Carson will get frustrated sometimes like, Dan, you can't just write by saying, what if this happens? I'm like, okay, but like, what if it did, you don't know what it (laughs) sounds like yet. And then Carson will, will, will record it. And then Carson will, will play it back. Carson will turn to me. Okay. You were right. (laughs) I can't, I can't say like how, um, how Carson's writing process works with other people. Cause Carson will like, you know, take take their laptop around to say like our friend ian or something like that and they'll sit with something for a while and maybe write lyrics or write um, a melody for something uh carson will go to like a bunch of different people and just kind of like hey i'm writing for this today can you do you want to sit and write with this do you want to see what can happen like i know with celebrity therapists there are a lot of parts where it won't i don't know where it's like reflected on who worked on what but i know carson went around a lot to just bunch of different friends of ours and was like hey like work with me on this like let's see what we can do so it's not always just like a singular effort it's it's very collaborative but it all comes from from that little genius's mind that little ginger genius's mind so would he uh would he just go to people not even in the band and work yep. with them to, oh, yeah. to develop stuff yes i love that that's all that's really interesting it, it, it makes it so it's not just like this super confined like carson has the idea carson has a skeleton in their head Carson will send me um, track lists for albums, three albums from now. And I'll be like, awesome. What do I do with this? And Carson's like, nothing. <laughs> just like, I, but I have the ideas. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, let's do something then. Uh, like literally two days ago, Carson sent me like a little like track list idea for like the next album and next two albums. I'm like, awesome. Let's do it. I'm like, do you have demos for, we have demos for some of them. Like, do you have the demos for the other ones? Carson's like, no, but I have them in my head. I'm like, cool, let's do it. Let's, let's get at it. Uh, so, I mean, like fully, like just, um, I don't even know this is like, just like fan behavior, but um, Marty, our drummer and I have been talk have talked about this before. Uh, Carson's, a, I don't, I hope they don't hear this and get their ego like really like huge over this, but Carson is <laughs> legit a genius. Like it is, it's kind of scary. Um, I don't know where some of that stuff they write comes from. Um, it is, it's insane. It is, it is very, it's very inspiring and it's very fun to work with someone like that because they have such a clear vision of what they want something to sound like. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. And like, we'll scrap it for a while, but we'll hold on to it. Cause maybe they're, they're very back and forth. Like we revived a song that Carson before was like, nah, it's too derivative. And then we listened to it in the car and Carson's like, why did I scrap this? This shit's awesome. And then we brought it back and revived it and like wrote new riffs on it. And like, it's, it's a, it's a whole, whole new song again. Um, but it's, it's a very fun process writing with Carson because it's, it's rewarding and you always come out with something that you're, that you're proud of. And that even as a demo, like it rocks, it like blows some, um, Again, not trying to sound pompous, but like it blows some like actual like full releases of other bands out of the water just as a demo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as you're describing Carson and his process, I, I'm just thinking to myself, he sounds really prolific. Just the amount of ideas pouring out 
are oh, yeah. is incredible and it sounds like they're good ideas because you know i've been in a i've been in positions before where someone has ideas all the time but they're all bad and you have to like <laughs> so have i and you have to like play the game of like pretending they're not bad and finding a middle ground and all this stuff but it sounds like a lot of or all of what carson is doing is very good yeah you know, it's it's great and um like uh two of the craziest songs on the record like um star baby for instance and i believe uh violent astrology uh carson and jackie both worked on that carson's like pretty um pro like one-on-one working with someone and writing um yeah or you know carson will also just like write something by themselves and then bring it to someone else but um i know jackie and carson wrote um violent astrology and star baby together so you can kind of see like what happens when carson will go to one person like any one specific person and what the output's like you get violent astrology and star baby and they're just like they have some of the most ferocious riffs and breakdowns on the whole record really star baby i think has like the heaviest breakdown on the entire album and it was a written in like a few days by jackie and carson so you have also jackie is just like an incredible writer too i mean jackie just jackie's also like mainly a guitar player which is really funny because they play bass but they write bass lines that any bassist wouldn't really think of and like the track a beautiful dude missile for example um is some of the lines in there like maddie and i are just like we're just holding the bass line we're just holding the bass down we're like the background of that whole song and drums and bass are the main focus of that whole thing because they are constantly syncopated and they're constantly doing wild rhythms in between just like standard little strikes in like five, four. And you wouldn't get stuff like that. If one person was writing everything, you just wouldn't, it just wouldn't happen because Carson knows where everyone's strengths are and knows what songs to bring to what people and look at the results you get. You get Celebrity Therapist. So Celebrity Therapist just came out this past September, yes? September 2nd. September 2nd. We were at two shows in on tour when that album dropped. Played in Philly that night. Oh, where at? Uh, I will not remember the name of it. Um, I'm horrible for that. Underground Arts, First Unitarian Church. uh, Underground Arts. I'm pretty sure it was Underground Arts. Okay. I'm I'm from Philly originally, so. Yep. Underground Arts. I just looked at the flyer. Good venue. Good venue. I, uh, so the album is out. We're seeing a very big response, yes? A huge response, like bigger than I, I could have imagined. I mean, when I knew the album was good from hearing it as a fan, but Jesus, like <laughs> it, it, I, I, I would have never guessed that this would be the response from it. I mean, I, we're, our album's on a list that beat out some of my favorite metal bands ever, and that that's insane to me like that that is it's bands that like got me into playing guitar and got me into heavy music um like slipknot like i know it's like some it's like a group's personal opinion like a collective uh magazine's opinion but number four of 50 amazing and beating out legacy acts like slipknot lamb of god ghost fuck like that's insane <laughs> that is crazy it, I, t- to say the least, it is doing very, very well. We're under, uh, on a lot of year-end lists. Uh, I mean, our manager is our biggest fan. You know, like he's got to be, and he's like, he's like, when the album came out, like we had, you know, we did a really good first week. Um, I won't remember numbers off the top of my head, but he kept saying, like, this is only start. This is only the beginning of it. Like he's like, you guys have, you're not. He's like, I don't think you guys are ready for the response this record's gonna get. And he, he was right. I wasn't ready. I think Carson, I think, I think the rest of the band and Carson always kind of knew that 
uh, celebrity therapist was something special, but there's always that nervousness of like, what if it's a flop? And it wasn't, which I don't think anyone's really surprised about, but I think everyone kind of knew they were sitting on something special. It's like impossible because when I heard the record, I was like, this is really special. There's nothing else that sounds like it. The production is fantastic. Like it it would be impossible for this album to just come out and be like, all right, whatever. And, you know, and on top of that, I really like the music videos too. I think I just think the whole the whole package is really good. Uh, it's. I remember getting the film, like the first music video, and like how much fun we were able to have with it. I'm some weird, like um, fitness guru, like fitness DVD instructor that sees Carson walk into the water, and I got to just be because like, that was also a job I had for a really long time was being a fitness instructor. So I got to like really ham it up and just be like ridiculous, and like it, that was a lot of fun. We have like ten minutes of footage of me like dodging and weaving between trees that we just didn't use that. Um, I might like edit into something soon, but the music videos add a really nice touch to it because they're it's kind of a, a cohesive story. Um, Maddie worked on the idea for the first for the time loops video, and it was like, what if it's like um, Heaven's Gate, but a couple people woke up and like they're really confused on what happened, and then we continued it with like the you know the bags on the head from the like the album cover. And in the What is Delicious video, they're like invisible forces, like holding Carson back from leading a happy life. And then we continued that into the Elephant Man video when it's like actually like malicious forces that are, um, you know, trying to uh, stop the band or Carson's like a mole for the FBI and a cult. It, they're all kind of like their own thing, but it, there's like a lo- fun, loose concept that's going along with it. And it, it's it's fun to be able to have such creative outputs and more than just one vein of just being music over a speaker you got something visual yeah i really love the elephant man one was the one in the church with the the secret informant right yep yep that was that was a fun day that was really cool yeah very long day but it was very fun we started filming at like eight and we didn't finish till 1 a.m but those those days are the best when you're just like putting everything into this creative pursuit of the day whatever it is and then you're Mm -hmm. done and it's like yes we did it and it was also cool because we got to have some like friends come out and be like the um be a part of the congregation in the um right in the crowd. Yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, I bet these are all friends of the band. I wonder who this guy is. I wonder how they know him." Like <laughs> one of the one of the guys in the uh, video, he's the one who like throws all the money onto Carson. Like uh, Carson's a stripper. Uh, that's yeah. my old that's my old roommate and a uh, bandmate. We've played in like four separate bands together and wedding bands, and that that's like that's that's my boy. He also plays piano on Celebrity Therapist. He plays all oh, um, nice. He plays all uh, the piano, like the really nice piano lines in uh, Elephant Man. The all senseless death can be mended. That's my boy Dylan. How does it work with the videos? Do you does the band come up with the idea and the script and everything, and then you just get the the label and their connects to film it? How does that work? Typically, yeah. So as far as I'm aware, Carson will have or, or someone in the band will have the idea. the The last two music videos were uh, the What Is Delicious video was something Carson and uh, a Carson and one other person helped make the uh, like the write up for it. I forget what you call like the actual write up of a script because it's not just a script. What is they called a treatment or something? Treatment. That's what it is. Um, yeah. So Carson made up wrote up the treatment for it for what is delicious, and then um, sent it to all of us and was like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And we made some like additions here and there, like adjustments. And then we had our our friend Grant Butler come film it, and he edited it all together. He also did the timeless video, and I, I want to say he did some of the older music videos from like Diane Mars, but I don't really know for certain. And then for the 
for the elephant man video that was a collaborative effort with these guys from this podcast called doom scroll and uh our friend brett helped out write the treatment for that one and brett flew out from california to shoot it with grant and that that one that one was a lot of fun that was a it was a long day but it was like very very organized and very like okay this is what's next this is what's next and like this is what we got to do here we're like the ones with just grant like it was kind of like a flow of consciousness. We we filmed the What is Delicious music video in like a day, I believe, or a day or two. And they're, they're both just like super efficient dudes. And like, they understand like what needs to get captured. And then you put them both together, uh, Brett and um, and Grant, you put them both together. And they was just like, a, it was like a dream team. It was very, very cool to see how efficiently they work together on the Elephant Man video. Very, very cool. And very rewarding process too. Because I mean, again, just look at the result. They're great videos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't want a video that's just cheap or it comes off bad. So, I mean, mm-hmm. when it turns out good, which yours did, that's it. That's everything. Yeah. I remember the guys in Avatar really enjoyed it because, um, like, I think we're under the same booking agency as Avatar with a uh, sound talent. So we got put in front of them and, um, they were like, we like how there's like a cohesion to like the music videos, you know, like a, like there, there's a, there's a theme present throughout each of the previous music videos for that album cycle and they really enjoy that because avatar are very theatrical guys like they do like the whole um like the, the makeup and everything and like make everything seem it's like it's part of a carnival it's part of a big show so it, it obviously catches eyes it does it, because it caught mine i'm big into aesthetics and the presentation and everything i look at fonts i look at colors i look at covers all that stuff and i saw the album cover and the different color bags over the head and i'm like that's so cool. Like, I wonder how they thought of that. And then I saw that in the video and I was like, yes, yes, I like yeah, this. Yeah, we had to like, we had to incorporate that somehow. Yeah, it just looks too good. It, it's a great it's a great thing to like actually kind of bring to life. And we got like these fun uh, pillowcases that we just tied over our heads. You couldn't see shit through them, but it was a <laughs> lot of fun. And I like in the, uh, the ele- uh, elephant video, like Carson's not, he's not like, screaming like a hardcore band it's just he's just kind of singing it like it's a church band it's trippy yeah no it's it was a lot of fun doing that and having like the the opposing sides of it so like the band is like is the choir singing yeah and they're like really confused at the band that's the hooded band playing the metal music and they're like taken aback by it and doing that effect of like splitting it down the middle um really fun effect to do uh, I learned how to do that like super recently and uh, I made like a video on our Instagram of me like multiplying into like four different people. It was pretty cool. What do you do that in? Uh, uh, mainly After Effects and Premiere Pro, all Adobe stuff. Wow. So did you work on the act? Did you do any editing of the actual music video? No, not at all. So you just know how to do the effect? I just know how to do stuff like that. Um, maybe in the future I'll help out a little bit, but like I, I trust like other people's creative vision because if I start working on it, then I'm going to be like second guessing it and like the band will be seeing it like, oh, well, I want it like this. Like, I'd rather just like if we hire someone to do it, that person is doing it. I'll do it for other bands, but I, you know, don't want to yeah. do it now. I just like that you're figuring all this stuff out, too, because I am too. Twitch, video editing software, uh, amateur recording, you name it. Yeah, it's it's fun to like learn how to do stuff like that because it's it's always like somewhat in need if you ever want to like help out other people with it. And when you're starting out, like you have to do it yourself mm-hmm. because nobody's going to do it for you. Oh yeah. Unless you want to like shell out money for it. Yeah. And uh, I didn't grow up rich. So look, that's not an option for me. I hear you there. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about what we have coming up. Now you mentioned some tours yep. that we can mention. 
and yep. some other stuff that we can't mention. So lay it on us. I probably shouldn't even brought that up in the first place, but um, yeah, we we have a pretty stacked year. There's a bunch of fun things that we've confirmed that we just can't talk about yet. We are going on tour with Destroy Rebuild Until God Shows and Varials with uh, support from our good friends in 156 Silence. We're going on a big old full U.S. run with them that starts January 30th in Atlanta and ends March 4th in Michigan, in Pontiac, Michigan. And um, yeah, then we have some other stuff after that. I think we might have like a month and a half off before we hit the road again. But, you know, who who's to say if we don't play some one-offs here and there, maybe um, maybe have some kind of small or longer headliner in the middle of the year. And then we're playing Arctangent Festival over in the UK. And I believe that's in Bristol. I might be wrong, but we are playing over in the UK soon. And we'll have a tour set up around that. So people won't only be able to catch us at the festival. We will be playing a good chunk of shows over in Europe. We got some uh, routing back for that a little bit ago. Uh, but yeah, there'll, there'll be a lot of shows next year. So far, it seems like I am home for a cumulative four months out of the year. And I wow. can only expect that to get even smaller. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty, I'm, I'm very, very excited about that. But it, it is uh, shaping up to be a very, very busy year. And I think it's only going to get busier due to us being on a lot of these year-end lists. Um, yeah. Eyes are, eyes are on the Dow Boys, and I hope it stays that way for a while. My dream is to get a, a Gojira tour offer. So if if Mario or Joe hear this, um, the Callus Cowboys really want to go on tour with you. Um, that's that's my plea. Yeah, let's make it happen. I mean, come on, why not? We have we have like small little connects here and there. Everyone in the industry knows somebody. So I'm, give it like a couple more years or something, and I think it, I think it could happen. But it, it that's my dream tour. It's going to happen. Somebody, the right people are going to hear this episode, and it's going to happen sooner or later. I believe it. Is there anything coming up or any other band or anything you're doing that you want to mention in the end that we didn't mention yet? Shit, there are so many bands I want to mention right now. Um, listen to From Joy, listen to Tracheotomy, listen to Omerta. Omerta is going to take over the world next year and the year after that. Listen to Kaonashi, uh, listen to Greyhaven, listen to Cryptodira. Listen to fuck. Um, did I already say From Joy? Listen to From Joy again. That's like one of my favorite bands right now. Uh, listen to music. Go, go to shows. It, even if you don't like the band, just go to the show, buy a T-shirt. Maybe they'll make something really awesome, and you'll you'll be the reason why. Um, shit, man, so much, so many good bands around lately. There's like uh, there's like too much good music lately, and I love that. Listen to your spirit dies a lot. Listen to the Holy Ghost Tabernacle Choir. Those are bands that are good. <laughs> listen to Dr. Acula. Listen to Ballista. Uh, f- fucking listen to Duck Duck Goose. Listen to f- fucking God damn it. I'm, I'm missing so many bands. This is this is awful. I'm going to be so so mad if I like forget a band 10 minutes from now. I don't know. You should you should just care a lot about music. That's all. Wait, I have two more. I have two more. I have two more uh, bands. Listen to Silithist and listen to Hitbox. There you go. All right. Now you've you've got some major assignments ahead of you. Yep. And also make sure you listen to Celebrity Therapist, the latest album from Callous Cowboys. I'm personally recommending it. It's a great listen. And catch them on tour. 
swing over to the Twitch. I'm going to log on to the Twitch and see what's doing over there. That'll be good. Yeah, we, we stream kind of randomly, but we are on there every so often. And if you got ideas for games you want us to play, we'll 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 play it. We'll play Power Wash Simulator if you want us to. Someone does want us to do that, so I need to do that soon. But yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll do it. We'll do it, man. Well, Dan, uh, this was excellent. I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show, and I wish you and the rest of the band continued success. I love what you're doing, so please just keep doing it. Thank you very much, man. It was wonderful to be on here. And there you have it, Dan Hodson. Amazing conversation. I really respect Dan's drive, constantly moving in the direction of making this music thing happen, going to guitar school, figuring out the technical end of things, shouting out Callous Dowboys on Twitter, and then becoming their guitar tech, secretly learning the songs in the studio. (laughs) That was pretty funny. And when someone was like, oh, stop learning our songs. (laughs) But he did. He just kept pushing forward, fearless. And now he's in the band. He's doing it. His dream realized to perform with this incredible band. So I really respect that. You know, you just, you got to take chances. You got to take chances. You got to let people know you're out there. Even if you fail, even if you fall flat on your face, you know, you tried everything, everything he's doing. It's a really cool band too. Again, if you haven't heard Celebrity Therapist, check it out. They're on the playlist along with all the other recommendations. Really interesting album. When I first heard it, you know, it sounded like Dillinger Escape Plan. And I was like, okay, it's just going to be chaotic the whole time. It's good. It's good. But I know where this is going. And then boom, left turn. And they throw in all these really interesting elements and you have no idea where it's going to go. But they do it well. They do it really well. It's not just you know, for the sake of being avant-garde or something. And Carson sounds really prolific based on what Dan was saying. I actually met Carson at Furnace Fest. I was backstage. Cursive was about to go on. I was talking to Carson and he said he was in the Callous Dowboys. And I remembered that name because it was a good name. And uh, we were going to watch Cursive, but my feet got tired. So I left and I went to... uh, go sit down in the front VIP area. But it was nice to meet Carson and talk to him for a moment at the fest. Great band. So thank you again, Dan, for coming on the show. Awesome stuff. So let's talk about how we are doing. Okay, so Friday night, I went to a gig at St. Vitus. I came out of show retirement. I had not been to a show since the Avail Dead Guy gig back in October. But I had to go to this because the Darling Fire is cool. Silent Drive is cool. Casey from Iodine Recordings was going to be at the gig, so I wanted to go say hi to him. So I went to the show, I met some of Casey's friends, I met some of the photographers we've worked with on the show, that was great. Just everybody was there, everybody was there, you wouldn't believe it. The Darling Fire were excellent, as always, very nice people, very good band, so awesome to see them. Thought Crimes played direct support, they're like a, I guess a technical, mathcore heavy type band, you know, that style. Really liked it. The audience was into it. I was into it. Good stuff. And Silent Drive. I mean, come on. They were fantastic. Heard all the songs I wanted to hear. I really, really like, what is that called? Dearly Beloved? Hold on. Let's look. Yes. Dearly Beloved. That's the jam. 
that's the jam. But I heard everything I wanted to hear. They were great live. Crowd was really into it. Got to say hi to Zach after the set, which was cool. Really nice guy. Really nice guy. So I'm I'm happy I went to the show. And you know what? Three bands is perfect. Three bands is perfect. My feet were tired by the end of it. And I just wanted to go home and it was freezing outside. But uh, not too many drunk, crazy people. Not too many people standing directly in front of my face. I was standing in front of the bathrooms, though, at St. Vitus. And that's not a great place to stand because, you know, the door opens and sometimes you catch a whiff of something uh, really not nice. But look, the room was packed. The room was pretty, pretty packed. And I didn't feel like squeezing in there to try to see the band and get knocked into by people. So look, minor complaints. The show was great. It was very nice to see and meet everybody. Good times. And now I retreat back into show retirement. That's it. Peace and love. Peace and love. No more shows until the next one, I guess. So that was Friday night. And then Saturday, I went down to Bucks County to have a dinner with my family. You know, we're kind of spread out. My brother lives in Philly. My parents live in Bucks. My younger sister lives in Syracuse. I live in New York City and my older sister lives in Maine. So we're all over the, we're not very, we're not often very together. So my younger sister was going to be in town. She wanted to meet up with everybody. We went and had a nice dinner at King George Inn in Bristol, Pennsylvania. Those who know, know the King George is a staple and it was a great dinner. And you know, it's, it's kind of expensive, not super expensive. And I paid for the meal because I wanted to do something nice for my family. And my mom is like, oh, did you win the lottery and not tell anybody? Because, <laughs> because I bought like, I bought nice Christmas gifts for my parents and for everybody. And then, you know, I paid for the dinner. I guess they're not used to me paying for things. And I'm not either because look, again, you know, I, I used to be out of control with drugs and alcohol. My bank account was always running a negative $1,000 deficit. I had six credit cards maxed out. I was like $40,000 in debt, all from addiction. I was a complete mess. And only now, like this last year or two, am I starting to even out financially and, and learn how to spend better. I'm making more money too, which helps, you know, because uh, I'm in this new role at work and things have been going well. So what I'm saying is it's really nice to be able to do things for my family because I was not able to for so long because I was such a mess. So to buy them a really nice surprise gift that they like and pick up a tab for dinner, all of us to be together at the restaurant eating a nice meal with a view of the river right outside in Bristol. It was, it was great. It was really awesome to hang out with everybody. We had a great time. And shout out to my Bucks County people, Bristol, Croydon, Levittown, Pendell, the realist of the real. And speaking of Bucks County and the good old days, I want to mention at the end of the show here, Ian Kerner. He was a friend of ours who recently passed. He was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma just before Christmas, this past Christmas. We thought he was going to be okay. You know, Vadim, who has been on the show a number of times spoke to him. I had seen him active on social media because he's in a new band called Howl of the Wahila. And I had no idea anything was wrong. And then one day he was just gone. You know, I, I, 
I would be curious to know what happened. You know, what diagnosis he got, if he knew how much time he had left, you know. When I started going to shows when I was 16 in Bucks County, he was in a band called Blue Skies Fade, and they played a lot in the area. I saw them in Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Philly, and they were one of the first bands I saw in the scene. And I just always remember people singing along and being really into it, myself included. I posted a video on the Twitter account. It's from a song called The Passion of Silence. I'll never forget seeing that. Um, Bob Meadows put on this big benefit show at St. Ephraim's Church in Bucks County. Blue Skies Fade played, and they opened with that song, and everybody was just in awe. You know, like, it it was crazy. And then the breakdown kicked in. And this gigantic pit started. It was it was just a lot of fun. I have fond memories of Ian. I have fond memories of seeing Blue Skies Fade. And when I started this whole thing, you know, before the new scene was around, we were the Northeast scene. This started as an Instagram account where we posted old show flyers and memories from our local scene. And when that when that Instagram got started, it started getting some traction. And I some people from my past popped up. Ian included, you know, and it was great to hear from him. It was great to catch up with him. We had Ian on the podcast in the early days of the show. Check out episode 25 to hear all about Ian and Blue Skies Fade and what he was up to at the time. He survived by his wife, Erin, and two children. If you would like to contribute and help them out, just go to Google and search GoFundMe Ian Kerner. That's E-N-K-E-R-N-E-R. They've hit their goal on the GoFundMe, which is great, but I'm sure they could use more support for him and his family. So, Ian, it was great knowing you. Rest in peace, brother. And that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Uh, Check out the songs on the New Scene 2023 Spotify playlist. Check out the Callous Dow Boys if you've got any good post-rock recommendations, you can email them to me at newscenepod at iodinerecords.com. And I'm always on the Instagram, so you can hit me up there as well. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for your continued support. It's nice to go to shows and meet people who know the show and who have contributed to the show and who I've spoken to through the Instagram and who I've met and whatever else. It's just, it's a great community. I love it. And I love doing this. And I'm back next week with a new episode and a new guest. And we are going to end the show with Monday by Blue Skies Fade. So thanks everybody for listening, and until next time.